HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Ithaca, New York boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation among 150 waterfalls. Plan your trip today with help from visitithaca.com. Hey, this is Hannah Forden. I'm the program manager here at Heritage Radio Network. This year, we're celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary, and I want to thank all of our listeners and members for being a part of an incredible year of food radio. We never would have made it this far without all of you. So HRN is now in its summer fun drive, and this is when we turn to you and ask that you make a donation to help ensure a bright future for food radio. Whether you listen to one show or 20, there's a reason why you keep tuning in week after week. All of our content is powered by a small nonprofit, and we rely on your generosity to keep going. Help us keep broadcasting the most thought-provoking, entertaining, and educational conversations happening in the world of food and beverage. So become a member today. To celebrate our 10th anniversary, we have some brand new member gifts available online, so I encourage you to snag your new favorite pizza-themed t-shirt or enamel pin today and show the world how much you love HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate so you can snag your 10th anniversary member swag. And thank you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues. That's him. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How's How it going? Oh, man, it's been a hell of a week. Yeah, I know. We did it. We survived. We survived indeed. Uh, last week in New York City, we had to uh, um, endure, I guess is the right word. Uh, Tiki <laughs> by the Sea was last weekend. Uh, middle of the week was BCB, Bar Convent, Bar Convent Brooklyn, which we I did a couple of events at, including the Montenegro Party at House of Yes, which was outstanding. Then it was Rum Fest. Then it was Tiki by the Sea this weekend. Lots and lots and lots of VIPs coming through the bar. To my bar. How about yours? Um, a few. We got a few VIPs coming in. Um, <clears throat> I actually, <laughs> I left town. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. Well, here's a way. Shirker. Here's, here's how I, I feel about living in New York City. It's like, I feel like when I live in New York, it's like sharing a bed with someone that you really 
truly passionately love. Like there's nothing that compares to like, you know, the companionship and having them there and knowing they're going to be there when you wake up, but nothing is better than the feeling when they leave and you get to stay in bed. Like that's how I feel about leaving New York. <laughs> and like, you know, I, I had an opportunity. There was something that was going on back home. Honestly, I made the trip before I even, well, in, somewhere in my lizard brain, I knew it was BCB, but I think you pointed out to me, I was at your bar. I was like, I'm leaving town. You're like for BCB. Oh, I was right. like, I guess. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, watching watching uh, the skyline kind of disappear in the distance as you're driving away, it's like when they get up and you're like, all right, have a good day, baby. I'm going to miss you so much. Oh, yeah. yeah this bed is huge. <laughs> now I can stretch out and sleep diagonally on the bed. <laughs> Finally. Um, it also happened to be that last Wednesday, the this year's Tales of the Cocktail uh, Spirited Nominations uh, long list came out, right? So the 10 list. And, and uh, I think a lot of VIPs came through my bar because... Uh, my bar was uh, designated to potentially be on the short list for three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks. Um, that's an actual live studio audience. Um, yeah, we got, uh, we got nominated for um, uh, Best Bar Team, which is amazing, given that my team is just four of us. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but I made a big, uh, a big post and shout out on my Facebook to everyone who's ever worked at Amori Margo, and I tagged them for where they're working now. Uh, to show that the people who come through my bar go on to do even bigger and better. And it's a pretty amazing list, and I was kind of amazed by it as I made it myself. Like, I had to go through and, like, find everybody and figure out where they're at, and it was pretty incredible. Um, and then uh, we got nominated for World's Best Spirits List, which uh, always catches me off guard because I feel like, well, I only have one bourbon. How am I on the World's <laughs> Best Spirits List? Uh, it's because the list also includes places that have a, have a, a definite focus, which, which Maury Margo certainly does a lot of tomorrow. Uh, we have about 280 of them at any given time. So really honored to be on that one as well. Uh, and then we got uh, nominated for World's Best Cocktail Bar, um, which is even more mind-blowing to me. Given Congrats, that, man. Given that the space is 240 square feet, uh, again, with a team of four people, it's, uh, it's super super humbling and uh, amazing to be on that list. I'm honored. Um, and then, personally, I was nominated for um, American Best Bartender, which is, again, shocking. Uh, oh, well, thanks, guys. Uh, which is, again, shocking, given, again, the, the the size. You know, I feel like other places get a little bit more notice because of their size. You know, uh, I can only see X number of people through my bar on any given night, and I think a lot of bars that are bigger than me can see that number of people per day. Well, your size is the strength, man. It's just it's just a tiny size. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> it I, I works do, for the space. I do say it all the time. I'm Ori Margo, small but mighty. Uh, and, you know, stuff like this, uh, this sort of recognition really makes the work feel, feel fulfilling. Uh, and, you know, so now we're just standing by for the 24th when the lists will come out, which will be, uh, it'll get cut down to four. So right now it's the 10 list, right? There's 10 nominees on each list, and it'll get cut down to four, and we'll see where we go from there. So, right. And then we'll be excited to get down to Tales of the Cocktail. Now let's talk about who's in the room with us today. Uh, right here I got my buddy Justin Shapiro. Uh, he's the founder of Just Right Consulting and currently serving as director of operations for Ward Hospitality. He's a co-owner of soon-to-be-open Palo Vivo in Hastings on Hudson, New York. Um, Justin hails from Chicago, where he honed his skills uh, in our business. Uh, he and his business partner became the majority investors in what would become uh, the world-renowned Tequila Mezcal Bar Maya Well, which is uh, you know part of the Sixth Street Mafia, right on my uh, right on my one block away from Memoria Margo. <laughs> um, he became Maya Well's operations partner in 2010 and helped the bar to countless awards, including Best New Cocktail Bar from Tales of the Cocktail. I hope I'm going to win one of those myself. Carry on that tradition. Uh, they sustained a run that spanned nearly 10 years, uh, and Justin's now uh, involved in, again, Palo Vivo franchise under the Ward Hospitality Group and growing Just Right Consulting. 
Justin is a world traveler, holds degrees from both Lincoln College and the College of Charleston. Welcome to the studio, Justin Shapiro. Thank you for having me. I hope me. that was embarrassing, was it? Yeah, it's a bit. It's, a bit. it's weird when people read out your whole bio, it isn't really it? It really is, especially because I tried to convince you to not right before we went on. Well, <laughs> I want the guest, uh, I want the listener to know who, who we're talking to in here. I appreciate that. Uh, also in the room, I got uh, my buddy Zach. Uh, he's from Reliable Tavern in the Jack Rose Dining Saloon down in uh, Washington, D.C., where he also uh, is the vice president of the D.C. Craft Bartenders Guild. Welcome, Zach. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, just uh, another one of our uh, many listeners and fans who you just reached out and said, I want to come hang out in the studio if I can. And I said, we're always open to that. So glad to have you. Yeah, like he's that. not lying when he says that at the end of each show. I, I mean it. I love it. If you're I around and it. you're in town, come on in. There's even a few folding chairs in here that we're not using. There's there's plenty of space, guys. I, man, right. we, there's four of us in here now. We've had up to 11 in the room. So, Though it's a tiny room. Uh, we, Hopefully we, they were my size. We cram it full. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, you are a busy man. Uh, trying to got, be more like you, that's well, why. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, you've got a lot going on. Um, let's talk first a little bit about how you got to where you are, and then we'll talk more about where you are and what you're doing in the future. So sure. I mentioned you're from Chicago. You kind of got into the business over there. Um, but you also hold two degrees from two different colleges. Like, How did you get into this business while doing that at the same time? Completely by accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was younger, this all started thanks to poetry. Um, poetry poetry hmm. so I used to get out my emotions and I realized that I really found you know just comfort in being able to get out words and usually I just verbally vomit and this way I could write it down on paper and uh, a buddy of mine was a DJ and says listen come over to my house and recite some of that poetry over you know what I'm gonna play for you okay I go over all of a sudden he was like what you're doing right now is called rapping and I was like well we all grew up on rap but I'm just reciting poetry all of a sudden, I end up in the music industry, just from that day. So I started rapping for a living. Then I decided very quickly and realized very quickly, I hated when people knew me. I did not enjoy performing on stage. I loved being anonymous and being the guy behind the scenes. So I started a record development company, and we opened up a bunch of recording studios in Chicago. At one point, a friend reaches out and says, listen, there's an Indian pop star who would really like you to work with him. He wants you to write some of his music. And we want you to come to the studio, and we're going to introduce you to a production team that hails from the Balkans. So here you have a Jewish kid from Chicago, some guys from the Balkans, all helping an Indian pop star with his album. <laughs> we all do remarkable things together, and my business partner, who was the production guy at the time, decided it's time to come to New York and open another recording studio. This is in two, the beginning of 2008. Well... A buddy of mine comes to me while we're out in New York and says, listen, I understand you're not having a lot of success finding the space that you're looking for. I'm friends with two guys who are fairly well known in the cocktail world. Are you interested in potentially investing in a restaurant, but it's really going to be a cocktail bar? And I said, you know, I've got no clue about anything having to do with a bar. I know that I like drinking, but that's it. Like, I'm a music guy. I know how to run a business, but I don't know anything is that, about Is that what your degrees world. are in? Are your degrees in music? Business and communication. Okay, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So on that fateful evening, I met a guy named Ravi Darasi, <laughs> who then introduced Sweet me. talking to Ravi Darasi. Who introduced me to a gentleman who I thought was homeless. And his name happened to be <laughs> Philip Ward. <laughs> uh, we've all thought that of Philip. <laughs> and, you know, we, we hit it off. Um, I was introduced to them uh, at Death & Co. Um, Ravi orig originally gave me shit for drinking a beer. Um, you know, what are you doing in one of the best cocktail bars in the world drinking a beer? 
it's on your menu. Like, I don't, you know, who are you? Oh, I'm one of the owners. <laughs> oh, well, I'm here to meet you, I guess. Right. So that was, our, that was our introduction. And four days later, we became the majority investors in what would then become MyaWell. MyaWell, which I just mentioned before, was, I mean, effectively, it changed the landscape of how um, cocktail nerds view and drink tequila, uh, especially in New York. But at that time, that was the epicenter of the cocktail movement. So everywhere. Was, My well changed the game for tequila and, it, and agave spirits. It was amazing. You know, and obviously, in the beginning, I had no idea what we had just become a part of. Um, Phil had this amazing vision. Ravi knew how to run the bar. And it was, okay, here's a bunch of money, and I'll look forward to a check every quarter. We started getting to know them better and better. And then, obviously, as anybody who knows Phil and Ravi knows that they had, you know, a falling out of some sort. And it was literally me getting on a conference call with them saying what I would hoped to be a very rhetorical statement. Do I need to come out there and run the bar? And they both said yes. So wait, you were back in Chicago. <laughs> I was in Chicago. And you, you were trying to play mediator on the phone. Mm-hmm. And you made it. Just looking out for an investment. And you just said, do I need to come out there and do this? And they both said yes. And two weeks later, I was living in New York. And I haven't figured out how to get out of here since. Well, well, it makes me want to know what happened to your recording studios. I kept, they, do I they kept, still exist? Actually, we just shut down the last one about four months ago. One of my employees from IOL, this wonderful kid, never really had anybody look out for him. And he got himself into the music industry. He put himself through school. And I told him, if you graduate, I'll give you my last studio. And you just have to come to Chicago and pick it up. And so as of December, this past December, this kid flew into Chicago with one of his buddies, grabbed a U-Haul, grabbed all of the equipment from my last studio, and just opened a place called Treehouse Studios here in Brooklyn. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's a fucking... It's, it's a, amazing. that's an amazing offer you made, and B, that's amazing that he followed up. He deserved it, and I would not have gotten to where I am without random people along the way seeing something in me that I may not have even seen in myself, and saying, you know what? You've got it, so come follow us, or you know, here's some help, or whatever the case may be. I've been very blessed to be incredibly successful. None of it I would ever claim being self-made. I've had such tremendous help along the way from my dad being my best friend, the business partners that I've had, being in the right place at the right times, and then making plenty of mistakes that I was able to learn from. Well, let's talk about some mistakes that maybe you made or maybe you didn't make. Maybe you're, maybe you're just involved in them. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your dad being your best friend, but off air you told me your dad's also your legal counsel because he's been a lawyer all his life. He's retired now. Mm-hmm. But you've had some legal troubles with my will. And I know you can't talk about everything. Yeah. But can you enlighten our listener as to what's been going on as far as you can let us know? Sure. Um, so, yes, unfortunately, we were involved in litigation for many years with our landlord at my will. Um, reasons are reasons. You know, our opinion was different than his, and we decided to let the courts you know, figure it out for us. Fast forward to us giving back the space and closing August 8th of 2017. And right after nearly 10 years. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, which, is, which is, didn't seem unusual to, I think, the outsider because in New York, that's kind of standard. You get a 10-year lease and you're kind of done because landlords jack their end up so high the businesses go under. That's exactly right. So right. It, didn't, it didn't seem crazy. Everyone was very upset. I remember the last night at Mywell was a crazy over-the-top party. That was, that was party. the day after my birthday. So August Whoa. 7th was my birthday, and we, you know, they had actually, we had planned on closing that day, and I said, I can't correlate my birthday with the closing sure. of this, this, this establishment. It's kind this. of iconic place. What, what became, you know, it's funny, I did not realize how much of my identity at the time had become ingrained in Mywell. And it wasn't until we closed that I then realized what that place had, had 
begun, you know, become to me. Um, it was not only, you know, my, the epicenter of my world, it was my social experience. My closest friends as of today, well, some of anyway, um, are from these experiences. And I had no, I, I thought it was just another business. And instead it became a way of life. Yeah, I think maybe that's something that's a little bit different about our business versus, say, I don't know, I don't know, can't speak to the music business, but other businesses. You don't think people become so camaraderie or so fam- familial if you're hanging out in a bunch of cubicles as a bunch of accountants. That's exactly right. But and the, the accounting great- firm closes, and there, no one, no one comes. You know, it's not a huge party. Correct. To, you know, like it's like okay, it's, a, it's over, moving on. The wonderful correlation between the music industry and the world that we live in—they're both very influential in making people feel something. Right. And mm-hmm. so. We can all be walking down the street, hear a song that will immediately bring us back to our childhood. You can smell a perfume or a cologne of a significant other from years ago and immediately be drawn back to that place. Right. And the greatest gift that Maya Well gave to me was the impact that we made on all of the people who came through our door. The last night we had people who had their first date at Maya Well come through to let us know they were now engaged. Um, we had a couple come by with a baby that was a Maya Well baby. They were right. quite confident that they made that baby after having come <laughs> home from a night of drinking mezcal. And, and those are the things that you take with you forever. And so I think the correlation between you know, the way that music can move people and the experiences that we all provide on a nightly basis are insanely important. Yeah. So you know, we ended up giving the space back, and we entered into something called an asset purchase agreement. So it was basically, you know, let's get rid of all of the litigation. Here's your space back. The only thing that we put in the contract was that you cannot use our name or likeness. You cannot use the name Well. Seems pretty standard. You would think so. Uh, he agreed to it. Unfortunately, he then chose to breach that agreement. And as you all know, very shortly after we closed our doors... I was getting phone calls, text messages, and emails saying, you know, why, why is my OL still open after we just came to your, you know, your, your last day of business? I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he kept most of the name. Correct. Uh, can we say what it's called? Sure. He, he was calling it my OL Mariposa. So it used to be called my OL. He just added another that, word on there. That's exactly right. I don't right. even know what that word means. But <clears throat> so, yeah, I didn't even think about the notion that people would be calling you and the whole team and being like, are you guys still there? Because no one from the team stayed. No. No. Everybody vacated. Correct. Went on to other jobs, et cetera, whatever. Uh, and he then just kind of reopened with pretty much the same interior. Yes. Uh, I know that some things changed, but not very much. And then effectively the same name. Yes. And it, how, it how fairly, quickly did he reopen? Uh, within the month. Within a month. Within the month, wow. yes. It was, absolutely, it, it was absolutely incredible. And then... So confusing for your brand. Oh, of and course. And confusing for the people who knew your brand. Know your brand. Still, exactly right. That when, brand's going to go on for a long time. And for you, too, I'm sure. I mean, I feel like that's like having a, you know, having a, a someone beloved pass and then having someone be like, hey, your friend's uh, walking around as a zombie in Times Square. Like, were you aware of this? It was very surreal. It was very surreal. And people, to their credit, thought that they were doing us a favor by every day calling us to say, you know, what the hell is going on? But to me, it was like every day somebody's sticking that knife in and just twisting it a little bit more. Well, I have to assume also that there's a, a percentage of people who weren't calling to say, hey, I can't believe you're still open, but just going there being like, oh, I'm so glad you're still open. So giving this guy... And then coming to see you and complaining about the experience I they li- had just I, I, had. My shop is just down the block. And yes, we've talked about this off air. People did come into Amori Margo on numerous occasions and say the experience was different and not so good or something, something, something. I'd be like, it's not us. It's not right. us. It's not us. That's exactly right. uh, To clarify for the listener, Ravi Durasi, who you mentioned before is your partner, is, is also my partner in Amori Margo um, and at Death & Co. So we have, again, that's what we call the Sixth Street Mafia. That's Those, right. All of us right there. Um, so yeah, like, so not only chiseling away at your brand name, 
but the brand name of the company as a whole. Correct. So, yeah, it was bad for everybody. It was. And it was, kind of still is bad for everybody. That's exactly right. And we immediately engaged him. We thought that we were working towards some type of good faith settlement. And unfortunately, you know, you're told one thing and another thing happens. And finally, we had no choice but to go back to court to try and protect the name. And as of about eight days ago, nine days ago, uh, we were granted the injunction to now formally prohibit him from ever using the name Myowell again. Which also is shocking because you just said Myowell closed on August 8th, two years ago. Correct. So he's been doing business, trading on your name, your good name, and it finally, eight days ago, the, the court said, stop being an asshole and Get One, shit, it takes you. Together. It takes a while to navigate through the system. A- absolutely, you know? I understand. So you would love to think that you file a lawsuit on a Monday, and by Wednesday you've gotten, you know, your result, or you've gotten, you know, some type of satisfaction of okay, someone's paying attention to us, somebody is listening, and now we can prevent this from happening in the future. Um, but you know, he would he would file a motion, or his lawyer would file a motion, and then we'd have to respond to it. And so, literally for the last year, we have been waiting for this result, and now we can finally say that he is now prohibited from using the name Myowell. Man, what a fucking twisted story that is. Slow wheels of justice, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly well, right. But you know, we always say slow motion is better than no motion. Uh, this one just happened to take quite a while to get around to. But at least now we're at a place where everything's kosher? As kosher it is as it is for today. You know, sometimes you know we plan and God laughs, but at least now the courts have ruled in our favor, and... We'll see what happens next. You know, I can't control what he does, but I certainly can control our reaction to it. Sure. And he knows that, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll follow whatever he chooses to do. It's, it's for as contentious as the relationship has been, I only wish the guy well. Just don't use our damn name. Right. So do whatever you want to do. We even told him, oh, you can, you can open an agave bar in our old house. We can't prevent you from doing that. Right. Do you. Do whatever you want to do. Just don't use our name. Don't try and capitalize on our success. Don't trade on our name. That's yeah. it. That's it. So. Well, that's uh, a, a shitty story, and I'm glad that it's coming to a resolve, and I hope that it's uh, going to make everyone everyone happy, including him, right? He's, he's still on the block, and uh, again, for me, uh, as, a, as a business owner, and I'm sure for you as well, if it was the opposite, if it was my place having this trouble and you were still in operation, you'd want him to do okay, because we want the street to do it, okay, because exactly the better the street right. does, the better we all do. 100% right. But, but why can't we do it the right way, right? And that's all you want to do, good business with good people, and, and good we, neighbors. we all know that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, what a great uh, place to take a quick stop. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors uh, on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, it's our summer fun drive, so uh, you know, go, to the, go to the website, uh, uh, heritageradionetwork.org forward slash donate. Uh, there's some cool um, new member gifts that you can get a hold of if you donate different levels, uh, uh, including a cool uh, um, limited edition enamel pin, a T-shirt, uh, uh, other prizes as well. Uh, go check it out and donate to Heritage Radio Network. We'll be right back with Justin Shapiro. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Located in New York's Finger Lakes region, Ithaca boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation. As the saying goes, Ithaca is gorgeous. The city is home to 150 waterfalls and gorges sprinkled through its downtown and sloping hillsides. State parks and acres of natural lands offer outdoor recreation for every level of enthusiast. Come stroll among the cool ravines, scenic hiking trails, and natural vistas. 
Ithaca is home to Ivy League Cornell University and Ithaca College, resulting in an influx of new cultures, new tastes, and new energy every year. There's so much to explore, from art galleries and museums to unique attractions like the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Ithaca sits at the heart of a blossoming heritage and craft cider industry. Some of these delicious ciders can be bought in market, but many of the most unique varieties can only be experienced with a visit to Ithaca and this great cider region. Go to visitithaca.com to get inspired and plan your trip today. And we're back on the Speakeasy. Uh, this week in studio, we've got Justin Shapiro of, um, well, of a lot of things. So we talked about what the past was. Yeah. Uh, let's start digging into what, what the present holds and what the future looks like for you. You're, you're doing a huge project that yeah. you told me about on a boat, actually, back in the summer. You remember yeah. telling me about it on the boat? I do. <laughs> we've run into each other in the most random places. It, I love it. Yeah, indeed. I love it. Um, yeah, we were on a big boat for, um, I can't remember who it was, a cognac, wasn't it? It was. Some, somebody took us, out, took us all out on a 120-foot sailboat, sailed us up and down the, the Hudson. That was a good day. Uh, Dave Wondrich was on board chatting about cognac. Yeah. I, I think they did a great job, except I, I can't so remember who did it. I can't, I, I can't either, <laughs> but that was, you know, everywhere that you looked, you saw somebody that you actually liked. And True. then all of a sudden, you know, when the booze get flowing and you like the people you're around... Yeah, it was a very relaxing afternoon. I I, I make no uh, uh, I, I make no secret of the fact that I I love being on boats and that I intend to die on one. Yeah, that, that would my, be okay my, with my me. Retirement, I, I love my retirement boats. is to live on a boat in the Caribbean. You are a smart man. I'm coming to see you. Let's do it. I'm coming a- to see anytime. you anytime. So uh, before we get on a boat, let's talk about a resort. Um, what are you doing up in Hudson on Hastings? Oh, Lord. Or? We we've got a few things going on. So ten years ago, a buddy calls and says, you know, I'm going to a party at a private jet hangar. Come with me. Because um, that's totally normal in our life. Of course it is, you know, and especially in the music industry, the entertainment industry, <laughs> you're called to the most random events in the rant, you know, most the random industry, places. I mean, it's totally normal. I, I, did, I didn't even flinch, but I feel like maybe the listeners are like, wow, that sounds weird. So, you know, we go and some people are unveiling their latest private jets, and I meet a guy named Duane. And Dee and I end up becoming fairly close friends pretty quickly, and Dee had just started his own real estate investment firm, Ward Capital Management. Fast forward 10 years, he's married to an amazing woman named Joelle. Joelle's family opened Donko Key. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's a third-generation restaurateur. So Dee comes to me and says, listen, I know what's going on at Maya Well. I know that you're looking kind of to figure out what comes next. Um, come open a bar with us. And I said, well, okay, in, in what regard do you have in mind? And he said, I want you and Joelle to, to own the bar. You've only ever had problems with your landlord. Come and partner with him. I'll buy the building. You open the restaurant. Let's make some good things happen. So, okay. So he buys a building at 555 Warburton Avenue in Hastings and Hudson. 102-year-old superstructure. Uh, the place is just amazing. Used to count Babe Ruth as one of its patrons. He used to bowl in the basement. And we're now going to turn it into Palo Vivo. So basically, flame to table barbacoa. We're going to take 20 Latin American countries and flame focus. Flame to table. Flame to table. No gas. All, all wood. Oh, right. All wood. Oh, yeah. So oh. we're basically going to build a big-ass campfire in the middle of our kitchen, in the middle of our main floor, and Whoa. say, come on in. We're going to get you absolutely hammered. The music's going to be amazing, and the food will be unlike anything you've ever tasted. So I'm going to partner with Joel. Uh, Dee's the owner of the building, and away we go. So that's where this started. So then I start working with them, and Dee comes back to me, and he says, I really like the way that you work. Like, I, I knew who you were, but now I can see it. Um... I want to create a hospitality division of my real estate company, and instead of either 
partnering with third parties and what have you, I'm going to be very aggressive and I'm planning on opening several hotels over the next 18 to 36 months. And I want you to basically run all of the food and beverage (laughs) of every space that we open. And oh, by the way, Joelle, who is my partner at the time, had just found out she was pregnant and she just gave birth to the most amazing little girl, Verica. One props to this woman I've never seen. So first off, I will I will preface this by saying any person who ever says that women are not stronger than men is full of absolute shit. This here, woman here. throughout her pregnancy, popping out this baby at home, by the way, decaught the baby before the, the midwife could arrive. I mean, wow. these people are serious shit. Never missed a step, never stopped working, never once was like, oh, I've got two kids. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. This woman is inspiring. And so now she and I are going to, you know, create this Palo Vivo franchise together. And I will then be the director of operations as I am now for just about any food and beverage establishment that D wants to open. So I'm modeling it. We figure out exactly, you know, what this thing is going to look like. Uh, I affectionately, very affectionately, D, call him Daddy Warbucks because, you know, (laughs) hey, you buy it, we'll build it, I'll run it. Let's do what we do. Huh. So, so yeah, now I'm moving to Hastings. The, <laughs> which, how far out of the city is Hastings? Can you get there easily? It's it's like a small plane ride, a boat trip, and a bus, or you just have to get to Grand Central, and you're only 40 minutes north. It's it's the easiest commute ever. But I just got tired of it, so I'm gonna move up there. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, it's it's literally it's about 40 minutes, you know, up the um the Croton Harmony line, whatever the yep. hell it's called. And it's gorgeous. I mean, the, you, you would think you're in a different state. All of a sudden, here are these mountains, and here's this beautiful water. Oh, I know. And I, I, we sit right on it. Yeah, as a longtime New Yorker, I feel like we often forget, and then when we take that trip out of the city, it doesn't take long to get out of the city, and you are in nothing like this. And city. you have the whole like bed this. to yourself, guys. <laughs> That's right. Saying. Diagonally, however you want to lay. Yeah. But, you know, and, and Phil, um, my partner, Maya Well, would tell you, for about the eight years that I had gotten down here and was doing nothing other than running my OL, I lived my, block, my life in that six-block radius. Yeah, because you live right in the neighborhood as well. Yeah. Exactly right. I was four blocks away. So I used to act like coming to Brooklyn was a road trip. Right. You know, Phil would invite me to places, and I'd be like, yeah, if I can't walk there, bro, I'm not coming. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> now here came the train, and now I'll actually have a car here in a while. And uh, now we've got let's totally see. different lifestyle. So wait, let's back up just a little bit. The sure. one with the with the big fire pit is this open? No, we're going to open in the end of September, early October, and it's going to be called Palo Vivo. That's the name of the whole thing. Okay. That's the name of the whole thing. Because uh, I want to be there. Oh, of course you That's will. The place I'd, I want. I'd love to have you. I want to be to this place. Yeah, this uh, is this is going to be something special. We have the basement, which is customizable. So whether it's event spaces, whether we feel like you know, no pun intended, turning it into like a little speakeasy, uh, we can basically do whatever we want. Main floor seats ninety two, and then for you know, about eight months out of the year, I've got the rooftop and the rooftop has unobstructed views of, of the Hudson river. And in the distance, you can actually see the city skyline on a clean day. So Damn. what's your capacity if everything's rolling? About 200. Okay. Not crazy big. Not terrible because the, the roof, you can only have 50, you know, by law. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'd love to think that I'm going to pack a hundred people downstairs, but you figure, you know, 50 up, 50 down and another hundred, you know, on the main floor. Sure. So we'll be ready for about 200 people every night. Those bowling alleys, turn. those bowling lanes are gone? They are, unfortunately, uh, but we're going to repurpose some of the wood. Oh, cool. So use it as some accent pieces around the space and, and really kind of figure it out. But, you know, really just something vibrant. We, as, as we all know, being able to now get an amazing cocktail is fairly commonplace, which yep. is a testament to all of you guys and everything that people have been able to do over the past however many years. Right, the cocktail revolution. We won. Amen. It's over. Amen. We won. 
But now it's about the experience. Exactly. It's not just I want a great drink. I want some great food. I literally want to be moved while I'm here. I want to spend good money knowing that I've walked away feeling like I experienced something. And that's exactly what we're going to provide. Yeah, outstanding. But you're going to do this in multiple places. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, you know, to, to Dee's credit, one of the things that I've learned from him is the success is in the model. It's not so much in the product. So while we're looking to build the franchise, it's really, you know, if I have to change the name, if I have to change the product, that's okay. You know, it will really be in what we're bringing to the table, experiential, you know, cuisine, cocktails. And you know me, mine's all hospitality. I'm the operator. I'm never going to make you an amazing drink. You sure as hell don't want me in the kitchen trying to cook your food. But I can guarantee that I genuinely care about the time that you're having as soon as you start to walk through our door long after you've left. And that's, that's why I got in the business. It's why I've, I've, I believe anyway that I've been as successful as I am. You can teach people product knowledge. You can never teach somebody to care. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we deal with that all the time in, in the bars, and I'm sure you deal with that too over there, Greg. Oh, yeah, I would say that like, you can teach everybody anything except to give a shit. Exactly you can teach right. to give a shit. No. Yeah. no. yeah, yeah. I worked with a guy... 15 years ago, maybe more. Um, he's now a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in medical school at the time, but he was working his way through that by working at the bar restaurant that I was at. And he was a waiter. His name was Eric. I don't want to call out his last name. <laughs> <clears throat> Whether he, he probably doesn't listen. He's a doctor now. He doesn't give a fuck. Eric Guzman, I remember. Anyway, <laughs> he was standing at the service well one day, uh, and it was just a crazy blizzard of insane, insane business. Uh, and I overheard him look at another server who was frantic and going crazy. Mm-hmm. And he just looked at her and said, you're only in the weeds if you care. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's never in the weeds because he just doesn't give a he fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And like, I can't, I can't understand how to be that way. No. Well, yeah, because we're living on the flip side. It's I'm like always in the weeds. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. I always much, care. Yeah, we give too many fucks, so we're in the we, weeds we all the time. And it's, and it's funny you say it that way. I'm dating the most amazing woman. Unfortunately, she's in Chicago. But one of the favorite sayings between us is, you know, no fucks given equals winning. Because it's true. I'm, I'm the high-stress one. She can walk into any environment and just be cool as a cucumber always. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, it's going to be what it's going to be. We're always going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And I will walk into any situation being like, oh, fuck, we've got to take care of this. i got to do this. I've, you know, just because we're built that way from an operational perspective. And she's like, babe, you're just way too high-strung. So I'm going to calm you down. We make a really good team. <laughs> and just, just remember, you know, no fucks given equals winning. Yeah, well, you need those people in your life. If you're like to do list for today, exactly, exactly. Fucking envelope. That's my life. Thirty marks long. Yeah, for the listeners at home, he pulled out something looks like a like a Unabomber manifesto or something out of his pocket. Can't read it from here. I'll put my today's to do list on the Instagram. Follow us at Speakeasy Podcast. That's right. Well, that's amazing. So that's going to be unit number one in this scenario. Yeah. And but then but this, is a, this is one building that holds all this. Weren't you telling me about like this sort of complex that he's, you're focusing well, that was, on? That, that's Bayville. So he's, okay. he's now building a resort in Bayville, uh, 1 Bayville and 33 Bayville, that will be truly, I mean, event center, catering. It's two different buildings. We've got a private beach. This will be everything. You know, you'll grab your significant other. You can grab the kids if you want to. You'll come see me. And it's everything you could ever want. Um, and he's got these little pockets just coming up everywhere. And so that's what we were discussing. I think we were at Holiday, actually, yep, when we, we were, were having this conversation. Um, so, yeah, that's the Bayville Resort. That's probably going to come about mid-next year. 
So first will be Palo Vivo and Hastings. Then it will be the Bayville Resort, of which Palo Vivo will be a part. Um, but you've got, you know, all of these rooms. You've got, you know, event centers. You've got everything that you could need. You want to throw, you know, your wedding. You want to just come and get away from your wife or your husband. Whatever you need. We got you. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, it all sounds pretty like dynamic and exciting. And, uh, how do you, so for me, you know, uh, I've mentioned more than once in the last 11 months, I've opened three new bars, uh, and I'm opening a fourth new bar in two months. Phenomenal. It's crazy. Yeah. But they're all, you know, somewhat similar size, shape and mm-hmm. orientation, right? Again, like you said, it's the model that works. Correct. You know, my model is each place has its own ethos. Mm-hmm. So we, obviously we have Mori Margo, it's all bitters. We've got windmill, which is all French. We've got blue quarter, which is all tea. Um, and then we got honeybees, which is all American whiskey. So we always have like that part, right? Sure. But I still feel like for me, it's I'm kind of doing the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. You are going from my well, which wasn't a ton bigger than honeybees, correct, to this big three floor, two hundred guest monster, to oh, yeah. this multi building resort where people can stay overnight. Like you know what I mean? Like one of the greatest things about working in a bar or operating a bar is being able to look at the guests at the end of the night and be like, okay, it's time for you to go. Yes. <laughs> yes. But they can be like, no, I'm staying here. Here's my key right here. Literally so like, now. So how are you scaling up in your own like personal life? Uh, and again, I think it probably stems from what you said, which is it's the model that works. So your model is there, but like, how are you scaling up? Because you're basically taking the model and you're just stacking it on top of itself. So for every place that we're opening in these hotels, the food and beverage dynamic doesn't change. You're just giving me a square footage. You're telling me what I'm going to open, and I can figure out everything else. We can design your bar. We can design your kitchen. Operations are what we do incredibly well. It just so happens that now I'll have one on the third floor, the fifth floor, and, and a 24th floor rooftop. He's got to worry about everything else that comes to the hotel operations. So I'm still able to really focus on the things that I'm very good at and that I love to do, and then you learn the rest on the fly. You know, thankfully, like I said, I've got some amazing partners. Um, I have amazing resources. One of, I think, my greatest strengths is that I'm very quick to be honest about what I don't fucking know. And I will go out and find the people who are really good at those things, and I will either partner with them or I will hire them or I will do whatever I have to do to turn a weakness into a strength. And I'll, I'll never forget, you know, when we first opened Maya Well, I didn't even drink agave spirits. This is horrible to admit. I used to drink Crown Royal. And, oh, the only horrible part about Crown this, Royal and Royal Crown. That was my drink in hey, New Orleans. <laughs> I'm, I'm not embarrassed by that part. When we first opened Maya Well, they used to pour Crown Royal into a tequila bottle. And they would name it Justin Special Añejo so that I could <laughs> toast with people coming to the bar. <laughs> so one day Phil and I are sitting there. And I've got my crown royal behind the bar. And I look at Phil and I say, you know what? Do me a favor. Make me a good drink. And Phil looks at me. And you know how Phil gives you this condescending ass fucking look. And he says, um, yeah, develop good taste. And then I'll make you a good drink. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking dick. I just wrote you a six-figure check to build this damn place. Um, But it it was true. My palate had yet to be introduced to all of these amazing things. And then, to his credit, a couple minutes later, he slides down this amazing deep purple concoction that I then learned was the Black Friar Cobbler. Mm -hmm. So, you know, fresh muddled blackberries, mezcal, slow gin, little sugar cane. And it was over for me. Sure. And now I drink nothing other than mezcal. Convert. Speaking yeah. of mezcal, you brought us a bottle. We're drinking it already. What, oh, what, sure. what, what'd you bring us? A little Delmigay Papalome. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Got to talk into the mic. Uh, this is the Delmigay Papalome. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I carry at home sometimes a bigger line than some bars do. Um, <laughs> just about anything Delmigay related. We all go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah we do. 
So it's it's just you know it's it's just like how do you decide what you want to eat? You just you're in the mood for something, and that's what bottle I'll pull kind of off of the shelf yeah. or you know out of the cabinet. This is one that I hadn't enjoyed for a while, and I figured you know you guys of all people would be able to appreciate it. Man, we're, we're really enjoying it. We've been drinking it since uh, before the show began. Um, knocking a pretty good dent into the bottle. Thanks for bringing it. My pleasure. Um, so. 18 months from, oh, sorry, uh, how soon is the first one opening? The so Palo, Palo Vivo, Vivo, if all goes well, and you know, we plan, God laughs. Yeah, of course. But if all goes well, end of September, early October. Oh, so we're, we're coming right up on Yeah, we really are. Man, we're really in construction right now. Really appreciate you taking the time to come see me. It's my pleasure. Um, figure out how to pack and move within a week and then open a bar. And, you know, I mean, I think you said it before. Right? Surround yourself with people who are good at that. Like, that's it. Just hire people. That's right. I, that's, I, do, I do the same thing. Like, I, I'm not good at a lot of stuff, and I put the right people in the position. I let them do it. Um, my uh, my girlfriend actually from Chicago found the apartment that I'm about to move into. Oh yeah, outstanding. Yeah. You gonna oh like for, like she found it from Chicago like over yeah. the inter, over she, the internet. She was and like, phone. yeah, the one that you've got picked out. Yeah, you're not gonna like it, and probably neither am I. Um, you should really go check out this one. It's got everything that you want. And I was like, where did you? She was like, yeah, don't worry. Here are the pictures. This woman's waiting for your phone call. Yeah, done. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, slot right in. Kind of lucked out. Low stress uh, people, man. They're <laughs> they can just do, they can just pull those rabbits out of their hat. And she's got two will. kids. I'm like, man, how do you? Okay, I thought I was stressed out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just get in there. So uh, you're gonna have a hell of an opening party, yeah, yeah. All right, and yeah. you're gonna invite all of us from New York. Of course, up, are you kidding? And you'll. I, w- let- I wouldn't know what to do if I looked around and you guys weren't there. I would feel very odd. <laughs> Um, but you'll let us know, and I'll mention it on the show well, right you. before. Yeah. So we'll point people your way because it sounds like a great thing. Like you know, uh, you know, I love living in New York, but uh, as we've mentioned, I think a few times in different ways over this episode, there's kind of nothing better than getting out of New York. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> well, we're gonna have plenty of opportunities for you. I mean, you know, this one will just be good guys coming to Hastings. Uh, once we open in Bayville, then I'll literally have places for you guys to spend the night. You bring out the kids, your significant others, you know, whatever it may be, and you know, then we're gonna end up in Times Square, and we're gonna end up closer out to the Hamptons. So, well, you're looking at places in the city as well. Everywhere that. He, he just finds opportunity. You know, he can spot value in a way that I'll never understand. And I've told him, you know, I trust you. I'm along for the ride. You find it. You want to buy it. You want to build it. I'll run it and make sure that it's successful. Well, this is interesting because I was one of the, the one thing that I was like, I need to ask this guy this question before he got in the studio is I was like, what's the next Mezcal? Because we all kind of talk about that in you know bartending circles because mezcal is one of those it's this amazing success story that nobody had heard of and then it exploded and now everybody loves it mm-hmm. and you know i feel like every summer i hear it's like oh sherry's gonna be the next mezcal or cachaca or aguardiente or whatever but it sounds like maybe that paradigm has passed maybe it's just about like finding good opportunities and you know now that we've taught people how to like stuff they didn't like before it's just about finding good opportunities to be good hosts and that's what I think it is. It, it goes back to what we were talking about, the experience. Yeah. You know, I've never claimed to be a spirits or a cocktail guy. So I'm sure that there are things out there that I've never even tried nor heard of. But what I do believe is that after some point, the wheel has already been invented and reinvented so many times that I will be shocked moving forward if there is another spirit or any, you know, whether it's distilled, whether it's fermented, whatever, has the type of impact on the industry like Mezcal had. And to me, it's now we've educated the consumer. Like you said, we won. And now it's about providing that, that consumer with an experience that rounds out their knowledge. You know, I think that's pretty well put. And I think that Mezcal embodies that in the way that uh, we learned more from. Me- so when we learned, you know, some years ago when kind of American whiskey and bourbon and everything were hitting and, and being the big scene, you know, again, Steve Olson mentioned that Mezcal has been the, 
Largest growing category for three, what did you say, three years running? I can't remember. Maybe I, four. I think it was longer than that. I think it was like five or so. Yeah. So yeah. he was on the show just a few weeks ago. We can mm-hmm. go back and listen to that and figure out what that number was. But Steve would know. He would Steve know, would of course. Um, but I think what we also learned was like, okay, here's a product that's delicious and all that stuff. And here's a product that, okay, now we're learning how, to, how it's made, which is great. We learned that about every product. But what we really learned, I think, from Mezcal was there are human beings at stake here. Yes. So that's that experiential level that we got added value out of the bottle. Correct. Right, and I think that you're you're kind of right. I, th- I don't know that there's another category that's going to teach us so much in that way, and so now we have to focus on experiential things for our guests to enjoy. Right, I, I believe so. And and one of the most powerful things that ever happened to me as a result of opening my well was the very first time Phil took me down to Oaxaca, and he's taking me to places, and he brought the menu with him, and he brought you know our menu, and he would introduce me to people as his partner in my well, and one just the the hugs and the love that was being shared with me was moving. And to say it was a humbling experience is, is an, a drastic understatement. When they would see their family recipe on our menu, sure. and then they began to understand that, you know, thanks to people like Steve, thanks to people like Ron Cooper, that that money was going to start making its way back to them, that it was important to all of us that we ensure that that money start benefiting the families, the communities, and the culture from which this amazing spirit originated, the look in their eyes... Unless and when, we run the risk of it disappearing. Of course. Yeah. We, and and it, it's a double-edged sword, because yeah. now it's become so popular, as you know, the ecosystem is almost unsustainable right. unless people really get educated in terms of what brands to support, and more importantly, which brands not to support. Right. And I'm not going to get into that because I don't want anybody's general counsel to send me a letter. That's a whole other show. <laughs> whole other show. But I think it's very, very important that the consumers continue to not only educate themselves, but their friends as well. Because it's not only important, like I said, what you choose to drink, it's equally, if not more important to know that we should be shunning certain products because they do not support doing things the right way. Justin, what a great uh, episode having you on. Thanks so much for it's devoting, honor devoting this much time to, to come and see us and talk about us about all this great stuff uh, and, all, and some of this not-so-great stuff, Yeah, but you how, know, but you, but how you're handling it with a plum. you got to take the good with the bad, and like I said, I've been very blessed, and I'm just happy to be here, so thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. Um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, and, and, and also if you wanted them to get in touch with you, is there a way? There definitely is. So thanks to you, I actually just created a Facebook page two days ago because <laughs> you said you wanted to tag me, and I was like, oh, shit. So I'm on Facebook at justin.justright. Uh, you can always shoot me an email at justshapiro at gmail.com. And I'm really never hard to find. So for anybody who knows me, you know, all you got to do is just give out my number and I'm happy to talk yeah. to anybody about just about anything. Because uh, it sounds like in not too distant future, you're going to be needing to build not only some teams, but some very large teams. Holy shit. Yeah, we're, we're calling it an incubator. Um, yeah, I, I need to build basically the equivalent of an army yeah yeah so you don't need people getting in touch with you about jobs uh, upcoming anybody who's upstate let me know uh, anybody who wants to move upstate Ooh, willing to travel Listen, that's exactly uh, that's right. a that's a, a benefit to that to those positions is to be able to say you know what i've, I've kind of had my time in the city i want to yep. go live out in in in, in a more you know slower paced environment but exactly still work right. in a fast-paced business and the good thing about us is we value people's worth we're not greedy we're not looking you know anybody who's looking to either make a change or become involved Involved in something else we just want to share the wealth and right now you know thanks to what we have going on there's a lot of it and so you know if somebody's looking for a change or they're just looking to expand or you know they know somebody else who's looking to come to new york whatever the case may be we now have the opportunity to really tell people yes we can help change your lives because we have a lot of different roles for you to be able to fill it's a great feeling 
Sure, and it sounds like it's a place for uh, potentially unlimited growth and change. 100% right. Get on board now and, and, you know, there'll be more properties built and you can move around or what have you. I don't know. Without question. Uh, those things always happen. Opportunities always manifest themselves. That's exactly right. Uh, super great having you in the studio. Thank you, sir. Greg, you got anything to wrap up with? Um. Well, I guess we got to look forward to Negroni Week, right? Oh, um, yeah, man. Yeah, that's coming up. It, it never stops. I mean, I am doing... Uh, every we... week's Negroni Week. Exactly. <laughs> if you're in the industry, every week's ne- Every night, it seems like, recently. Um, so I got an event coming up in July. Stay tuned for actual dates, but I'm doing an event with Main Beer Company. Uh, some truly j- just at the forefront of the game in terms of brewing. Uh, they make one of the best... I always tell it to people and they're like what do you have in your IPA list that's good I'm like I have one of the best IPAs ever made by human beings period it's their lunch it's delicious we're gonna have a bunch of stuff we're gonna have some rare stuff from them uh, date TBD but stay tuned uh, we're gonna be hosting them and having some cool stuff up at the Rochard on 97th and Lexington in the Upper East Side outstanding yeah um, yeah. I'm doing the Groening Week at all my bars uh, um, we're donating to uh, different charities from each bar but uh, at Amori Margo we're doing Muttville uh, my partner is uh you know, we named Honeybees after his dog, Honeybee, so yes. he's, he's very interested in, in dogs, and his dog is 14 years old, and Mudfield supports, she's amazing. supports I, the older I dogs. That dog. Yeah, she's like a giant cat. I used to sleep on his couch <laughs> when we were building Maya Will, and she used to come in in the middle of the night and bite me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, nip yes. at you to wake you up. I love Honeybee. Zach, what are you doing? You got anything coming up? Uh, yeah, if anybody uh, is free in July and wants to come down to D.C., we the have nation's humidity. capital. Yep. We have what? We have humidity. Okay, great. Come, uh, <laughs> get extremely hot, but fortunately, we are also throwing the 12th annual Ricky competition. Oh, that's right. Uh, oh, yeah. July 28th, Sunday. The Ricky is the official drink of D.C. Us in New Orleans are the only two cities in the country to have that. Yeah. Uh, honor of having a drink. And so we get 10 bartenders from around the region to put on their best Ricky that's mostly sugar-free. And uh, it totally cools off all the heat. So come on down for that. Hey, what's the date of that? Do you... July 28th. July Sunday. 28th. Is Derek Brown got a finger in that pie? Or... I know he, he's one of the ones who kind of substantiated the notion that it would be the, the, the drink of the city. Yeah, definitely. He helped us get us off the ground. And I mean, he was also very influential in getting the DC Craft Bartenders Guild off the ground. It's one of the largest independent guilds in the country. And so we host this as just a good way to celebrate our, our only native drink. <laughs> Yeah, the it's, Ricky. A, it's a tiny place, but like, so it's it's one of my favorite things about DC is like the things that we've invented, we cling to so fiercely. It's like the Ricky, uh, the half smoke, and mumbo sauce. Yep. And it's, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Chicago. DC did mumbo sauce first. I'm you sorry. Know, we just I, did. I, I, I try and stay in my lane, so we can argue about that. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks so much, guys, for listening to the Speakeasy. Uh, uh, check out the Speakeasy Podcast Instagram, where there'll be some photos of today's episode uh, and some show notes to uh, tell you more about how to get in touch with Justin or Zach or, or even uh, uh, go check out Greg at the Rochard. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. 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 So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll. Want more of the Speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Bolte, and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform, and give us a star rating, five if possible. If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand to make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting heritageradionetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart to donate. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. 
For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.